Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Vegas. Vegas. Vegas, dude. Uh, Let's start right there. Michael was in Vegas for the Sharks-Golden Knights game this last week, dude. You were there in the flesh. I was. How was it, dude? Sharks won, dude. Yes, Sharks won in overtime. It was great. Tell us about just the overall experience like walk us through it from entering the arena to all of it you know it's it's cool i know when vegas was first announced i personally was not that optimistic about how hockey would do in that town um certainly with the raiders coming i thought maybe the town might be dominated by nfl football and the knights probably wouldn't be very good to start and then it would just sort of tail off from there because it's not a traditional hockey market boy could i not have been more wrong (laughs) that town loves the golden knights you see golden knights stuff everywhere uh the blackjack dealers wear golden knights gear on game day the front desk people wear golden knights gear on game day it is a town that loves the golden knights and as much as they are rivals now of the sharks and as much as we dislike ryan reeves oh um, what a tool it is great to see nhl hockey flourish in a place you wouldn't expect it i mean that town loves the knights I paid uh, a ridiculous amount for those stupid tickets, but it was a really good experience. As you would expect from Vegas, the sort of the in arena experience is much more dramatic than you would see at a Sharks game. Um, There was also like sort of, it was sort of sad, but adorable. They had like a ventriloquist act basically in the pregame video to basically tell fans not to like throw stuff on the ice and like how to behave in a very basic way wow because it's a new team you know people don't know is jeff dunham it wasn't jeff dunham i would have taken a video of it if it were jeff dunham because that would have been amazing (laughs) but no it was like they had a whole thing and then they had actually they had maybe the most embarrassing pregame video i've ever seen in my life which involves some sort of storyline with a knight leaving his sword somewhere and then there was a there were cowboys and then the cowboy picked up the sword and then there was a helicopter. It was very, it was very confusing. I was looking around. I'm like, what, what, what is going on? Were were people into it? Uh, Yeah, it was, you know, it's sort of like the, the beginning pregame thing where they, you know, this is their, to pump you up. Their rallying cry. Yeah. This is convoluted story about cowboys and knights and helicopters. I'm just like, what? And they're running the guy down who has the sword and whatever. Anyway, um, all that aside, um, you know, it's a good arena, good sight lines. The I didn't, and to be honest, I know you were worried. I was worried for your safety, dude. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I told you not to wear your stuff, and I did. Good. And and my friend wore his stuff, and we were not molested in any way. Well, that's good. And um, as I'm sure you could you could tell by our experiences at many Sharks games, it's sort of you'll you'll give as good as you get 
if you if you're not a jerk about stuff, then people will basically leave you alone. Yeah, do a couple like one of the concessions guys yelled at us or something, you know, but not like in an aggressive, like angry, violent way. It's just you know people give you a little bit of crap. Sure. Well, you got to expect that if you're going to wear a road team's jersey to a home game, you, you have to expect that. You have to, and and that's fine. And that's part of the fun. It's fine. It's part of the fun. But I had a nice conversation with the Knights fan who was sitting in front of us, and he said, you know, thanks for coming to town and putting money in the local economy and. And I said, well, thanks for supporting NHL hockey because I right. wasn't so sure it was going to go well. Yeah. And certainly them going to the Stanley Cup finals didn't hurt things their first season. But but yeah, it was a, it was a really good experience. I encouraged Sharks fans to go. I, I found the place to be really welcoming. Very little crap. I mean, we took more crap when we went to the Devils game, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. You know, did the, you explain to the local fans that it's not a common occurrence that you go to the Stanley Cup final annually? Because <laughs> it seemed like last year they didn't understand that. I know. It, it did seem like they, that, they, right? They, like, you know, that, that this every year you don't get to like go. Yeah. Like that you get to go maybe once every in like a lifetime. 20 years. Right. <laughs> right, right. So um, I hope I, if you could spread one message, dude, if you could go back and preach the hockey gospel, I, w- I would encourage you to 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 spread that good word. I think I think I was talking to a Knights fan at some other time when I was in a casino and he said something about getting screwed. And I said, get used to getting bad calls in the playoffs because it happens to everybody. Right. <laughs> That's how it goes. Absolutely. Uh, that's just how it goes. Dude, but heartbreak is uh, an important part of uh, growing up in hockey. Right. I mean, absolutely. Every team has a story. And some are more sad than others. And uh, in year three of their franchise's existence, they aren't allowed to hold a grudge yet. Yeah, you don't. You don't get to have sour grapes unless you were the Sharks and won eleven games in your first season. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but uh, it was a very enjoyable experience. I would uh, definitely go again to a Knights game, and and they have a lot of um, you know stuff going on outside the arena and all those kinds of things. So it was it was That's definitely awesome. fun. Very good. And also the Sharks played really well. They played without Tomas Hurdle in that game. Um, and it was a really strong outing, sort of this new defensively sound Sharks. Um, it was a game that you could almost tell that they were tightening up defensively because, frankly, Dell had been so bad earlier in the sure. season. I'm not sure they knew what they were going to get. And they got a really solid performance out of Aaron Dell that night, which led to a game that they were in the chance to win and they won in overtime. Yeah. That seems to be how the Sharks can win games, which is exactly what they did against the Islanders last night. Yeah, two back-to-back wins uh, in that style, which seemed like was impossible a few weeks ago to get them to play uh, that responsibly in their own end. Uh, that's a, a really good sign. We've seen them win a few different ways here in this win streak. We've seen them win games 6-5, 6-3. And then we've seen them win these last two, 2-1, two, which I, I, against, you know, two good teams, which I think is is encouraging. This win streak, they've beaten some good teams. They've beaten some bad teams. Uh, and, you know, there's there's a lot to like about the Sharks game here. I applaud Pete DeBoer for doing something that maybe it was more out of necessity than a stri- strategery. Right. But I do applaud that he tried something different in the Vegas game. He went 7D mm-hmm. and he started Dell, which I don't think maybe I would never have suspected that that would be the direction he would go. I think you're right. Starting Dell, wakey, wakey, boys. Wakey, wakey. Right. You know, Aaron Dell 
statistically maybe the worst goalie in the NHL over the last two seasons, right? Or close, (laughs) is starting tonight. So you guys better wake up and play better. And instead of throwing out some 12th forward who, you know, now clearly Lucas Radil is the new Tim Heed. Yeah. Like, he hates Radil so much that... (laughs) He's going to play Tim Heed. I know. You know, and and you go, okay, well, I'm going to play 7D. I hate Radil so much. I'm going to bring up Suomela to play six minutes. Right. And we'll put Evander Kane on the fourth line. (laughs) That's what they did. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to play these guys. You know, we're going to play, you know, 7D, which really minimized, you know, uh, some of the overexposure of some of these guys. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it, it worked. Uh, it worked so well. They did it again mm-hmm. against the Islanders. And maybe against some of these more physical or defensive-minded teams, this might be the way that they play. And uh, it certainly is not a good long-term strategy, I don't think. But it was something different, which I was begging for, especially against the Knights who, whatever you were doing, it was not working. Like it wasn't working. Yeah. You weren't able to to crack that nut. They they destroyed you twice, and you had no adjustments, no responses. So he did. He adjusted. He responded. He played Dell, which I think was a good little magic trick, and he went with seven D, and it worked. It worked. Good and for him. Even though the fourth line of Vegas was again all over the ice, sure. I think I remember reading that. Ryan Reeves had 12 hits in the first two periods. He might have been on yeah. course for setting an angel record. He ended up with only with 12 hits in the game. But he Ryan Reeves only played 10:38. But that that line was very noticeable on the ice, as it is in most Sharks Knights games. Um, you know they create a lot of energy and sort of chaos, and the Sharks have had trouble dealing with it. And as it turns out, the Sharks, you know, suffered an injury because of it, uh, which is not great. But um, you know, it certainly seems like. Uh, the Sharks were able to weather that storm. Uh, you know, Shimmick got hurt. People were worried about that. Um, and But they, they managed to pull out the win. And, and, and Shimmick played last night. And he played last night. So, so you know, I mean... It wasn't uh, too bad. Not too bad. But, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> unless the Sharks are going to go in a completely different direction and try and match that fourth line, you know, uh, grit for grit... Mm-hmm which I don't think they have any interest in doing. And they've, you know, I mean, I would love to have, I would, I, I hate Ryan Reeves. I'd love to have him and Gary on our team. Of course. Like, I mean, like that, it, it's so disruptive. And that's what St. Louis did last year too. Yeah. And that's yeah. how they wore down the Sharks. And that's how they knocked out Eric Carlson from the playoff series. And that's the book, right? That's the book on the Sharks. You know, you, and it's been the book on the Sharks for years, man. Yeah. This isn't a new story. This is how you beat a Doug Wilson constructed team. So unless they go out and claim Michael Haley on the, you know, waivers again, and that's not even the answer, dude. That's a little joke for those of you who just threw up. Like, <laughs> you know, unless you're going to go out and search out this style of player, you know, the Sharks are going to have to find a way to deal with it. And this way they were able to. They got through it. Well, as as James said on the comment thread, which I, w- I agree with 100%, he says, I don't think it's any coincidence that the game following Dello's best performance of the year, Jones plays his best game of the year. I, I don't know if it was his best game of the year, but it was definitely a really good performance by Martin Jones against clearly the hottest team yeah. in the NHL, yes. the New York Islanders, that had won, what, 16 of 17 or 15 of 16? Well, they continue that point streak. They, they got did. a point, dude. I mean, yeah, no, they're on fire. 
They're on fire. Uh, and for Martin Jones to have a 964 save percentage uh, against the New York Islanders is outstanding. And look out. Sharks are a point out of a playoff spot now. <laughs> right. You know, we're uh, left for dead. And now they've risen from the ashes, dude. Go to the overall standings. I mean, I, I think other than the Islanders, is there a hotter team than the San Jose Sharks? I mean, the Sharks are uh, eight and two in their last the ten. Stars are the nine. Stars are nine zero oh, and one. Winnipeg seven two and one. What the what? Islanders eight zero oh, and two. They are the hottest team in hockey. The Panthers six three and one. Dude, I mean, so the Sharks are definitely in the uh, the Habs category right now and playing well and trending up. So good and on you, boys. It's funny because the Islanders, I would say, are almost the opposite of the still first place Edmonton Oilers, which we split games uh, during the last little while, which we should talk about here in a second, and that they have essentially one star who's not a superstar the way McDavid and Dreisaitl are, but they just seem to be super solid all over the ice. I, there was one shift I was w- watching the game, and it seemed like the Sharks tried to clear it um, around the boards six times every time the Islander player was playing such a close gap to the boards that they blocked it. I mean, the, the Sharks right. had some stretches in that game. They just could not exit the zone. Trotz has got them playing on top of the other team. There is nothing like, oh, we're going to play this like zone defense and you're going to hang out. They are playing in the front pocket of their counterpart. Right. And it is seriously annoying to yeah. be on the other side of that. And they have bought in. I mean, yeah, they have all fully. their players playing that way. Fully. And it is uh gotta be excruciating if it's going the other way. And again, the Sharks managed to buckle down. Jones made some key saves. The Islanders had a huge advantage in power plays. I think they had six power plays and, and the Sharks only had one. Um or five to one, something like that. And the Sharks managed to weather the storm partially because of, of good defensive pickup and partially because Jones played well. But it was just sort of one of those group efforts again. But again, as you said, Radiel only played six minutes um, and they're playing Evander Kane 23 minutes because they're putting him on that fourth line pairing uh, with Radiel. Do you think he Sumella. paid his marker? It's funny you say that because... Whenever he was on the ice, people would notice. And then there was this big chant that would start. I don't know if you could hear it on the telecast. Everyone would go, pay your marker. Pay your... And, and I'm like, tough but fair. You know, tough but fair. It was, it was, it's a good... It's a good, uh, it's a good chant. It's a good uh, you know, trash talk against Evander Kane. Ugh. I would love to know this. There's got to be some, some backstory to that whole thing. Where Evander Kane, I would being like to not a read. A, I would like to not read a story about Evander Kane for a while. <laughs> right. I'm just, I, uh, I right. feel like he's been in the news too much lately uh, for more page six gossipy type things than right. You know, I think he's. They need to get him right, you know, and to get him uh, to be uh, behaving more appropriately off the ice. He's arguably the Sharks' best player this year. I, I think he's I would, not impacting his performance, dude. It's yeah. not, and he's key. You know, he's I playing mean, like, really, really well. He's a, you need him to be outstanding for this team to do well. And I think he set up both OT goals from Couture. Couture obviously uh, doing well, leading the team in points, but he's only got five goals. Right, but two overtime winners in a row by Logan Couture, uh, both really pretty ones too. So. 
Nice. The Sharks on the upswing, dude. I mean, it, you know, going back to the loss, the Edmonton game, I'm sure is a, is a game that the Sharks would like to forget. That was, um, they were never really in that. <laughs> um, and again, they didn't really have a good answer for the top line of Edmonton. I think McDavid had three points and Dreisaitl had, you know, a point or two. It's just, that is just such a high flying line that the Sharks don't really have that Colton Pareko, Alex Pietrangelo thing that they can just sort of shut you down. Their best D is Eric Carlson, right? Who, as we've, as you've pointed out several times this season, has sort of been more on the offensive side of the ice rather than making great defensive plays. Right. Well, I mean, uh, this is where the coaching staff appropriately made adjustments on how to uh, beat Vegas and. They're going to have to figure out the next time they tangle with Edmonton. You know, we, we've got them once. They took us once, you know. Uh, how do you make that adjustment? How, how do you slow them down? What's your game plan going to be? You know, um, I think sometimes with any coach and not just the Sharks, you know, you can get a little stubborn and you can say, well, we're good at what we do and I'm just going to play the way we play and we're going to win. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. You know, I mean, there's a football game going on right now with the Cowboys and the Patriots, and I don't know what the score is, but I mean, you got a master game planner and Bill Belichick that, you know, he figures out a way to try and take out your best player or to um, neutralize what you're good at. And I don't know that hockey coaches necessarily operate like that, right. you know? And I think that I saw in their approach to how we played Vegas, I felt like they pushed the right buttons that night. And I applaud the Sharks more. I was impressed by the Vegas win and happy about it. I was happy about their win last night because they thought it easily could have been a letdown spot. Yeah. You know, like they went and got a very emotional win in Vegas and they could have come home and laid a giant steamer and mm. they didn't. No. They played really well, and I think that was a good sign because, you know, you figure it's not... I'm sure they didn't get on a plane after the game in Vegas and fly straight home, right? <laughs> like, sure, Kane dropped another 500K or whatever, and, they, you know, they probably... I'm sure they had a great time. Do you know, like, the stats are alarmingly bad this year, the record of teams after they leave Vegas. Is if that it's right? Within, if it's within two days, it's, you know, they're like two and you know, 12 or something like that. Yeah. It's bad, you know, cause you imagine what they do when they're there and then they've got to go mm-hmm. on the road and you know, the shame <laughs> they feel <laughs> right. or the hung- hangover. Right. Right. The next game they're they're in big trouble. Well, well dude looking, you know, going forward for this week, we get to play the Kings twice, which hopefully will be a, uh, you know, a stats builder. Should be. Because uh, the Kings are, again, Terrible. in last place. nine uh, Only 19 points on the year. Second worst team in the NHL. Yep. So the Sharks definitely could get, a, I wouldn't say an easy four points, because I'm sure that the California teams like to play each other tough. Um, and But that's a, that's a good opportunity. They're a but, mess. But in between, we have... As you as you said, one of the hottest teams in the NHL, and in the Winnipeg Jets, we're playing the day before Thanksgiving. So Winnipeg will be difficult, and then Saturday after Thanksgiving, we play Arizona. Arizona actually in second place. You know, this is a team that I don't think anyone's really talking about. I haven't really been paying close attention to the Arizona Coyotes. 
But they are 14-8-2 with a really nice goal differential, the best in the division, actually the best goal differential in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, you look at... Let's uh, take a quick look at the Coyotes and see if we can understand what exactly are they doing. Well, you, they're, they're, I think they're Islanders West. That's right. I mean, like they're sort of Islanders West. They play a low-scoring, defensive-centered game with some really strong goaltending. Scroll down and let's look at these goaltending stats. Actually, I think you're going to have to flip the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the stats here to goaltending. I mean, you look at uh, their goaltending stats. I mean, their goalies have save percentage of 935 in Kemper and their backup Ranta is at 926. I'm like, these guys are playing, you know, Kemper 1.93, right? I mean, this guy is playing elite Vezin level goalie right now. Um, And when your other guy is playing, maybe his goals allowed is not as good, but his save percentage is, is pretty good, you know? Uh, something's going right, right? I, I think it's all Jason Demers. I mean, if you ask me. <laughs> of course, kidding. it's always Jason uh, It's going well, you know? I mean, uh, I'm excited to see them. Uh, I haven't watched them play. Yeah. But I'm excited to, to see what they're all about. And, you know, uh, this is a team the Sharks are going to have to pass. Like, they, they yeah. need to pass them. They need to pass Vancouver. Uh, I mean, you look at this roster, there are not that many players that, scare you right i mean oliver ekman larson is a name but i think they're playing I, I, that same kind of team game yeah, dude they're playing like that it. team game because even phil castle right four goals four in 24 goals. games you know it's not like he's lighting the world on fire right it's this this guy connor garland who frankly he's 23 years old he was a fifth round pick it, dude, this guy. I mean, this guy has got ten goals. He's this a, guy's five eight one sixty three. That you are bigger than this guy. I am bigger than an NHL player. That's Way to go, crazy. dude! I did it, dude! Yeah, finally. Yeah. After all I ate in Vegas, I'm finally uh, bigger than one of these players. Where, what did you? Where'd you go to dinner? That's what I want to know, dude. Uh, we went to the Michael Mina Steakhouse at the Mandalay Bay. That was really good. And what'd you get? I got this. Uh, like ribeye kind of steak thing. Mm. Oh, it was great. Yummy. It was really, really good. Yeah. And uh, let's see what else. Before we went to the Knights game, I'm trying to remember, but I think I might have had a couple of drinks at that point, so I don't have a really good memory <laughs> of that. But anyway, uh, sodas, uh, I mean, sodas. Um, uh, but, uh, but dude, the, the Sharks continue to roll. I, I mean, only one loss in, you know, their last like eight games or whatever. It's... Nice to see them on the on the rosy side of 500. Uh, you know, certainly four points there for the taking. Winnipeg and Arizona would be more difficult, and then it's gonna get rough starting the week after Thanksgiving. Washington at home, which is one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best. Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida's not doing very well, but Nashville is. So it's you know there it's going to be a a tough road till the end of the year I would say because we see Arizona and the Blues again at the very end of December. So while the Sharks did a really nice job of taking advantage of some of these you know worse teams in the last little while, they've got some real competition coming up. Yeah, and hopefully they'll be rolling into it right where they can be riding, continuing to ride momentum and. Uh, be competitive against these really good teams, you know? Like, the Islanders came in and gave the Sharks everything they can handle. So there's no reason why the Sharks can't do that. To Carolina and to Tampa Bay, who, you know, I mean, let's look at the standings again, dude. I mean, like, I don't think that either of those two teams are having a great season. You know, I think uh, Florida's been playing better lately. 
Tampa Bay has been a disappointment. You know, I mean, they're yeah. uh, 24 points, you know, not, not, they've been playing okay lately. Florida has been playing the best of, of all these teams, right? I mean, yeah. they got 29 points. They're six, three and one in their last 10. They're good at home. Uh, Carolina, 29 points. I mean, they're, they're having a good year. You know what I mean? They're not having a, uh, you know, uh, great year but they're they're having a, a good start that's a right? good year they're in the playoff yeah, position no, yeah they're, they're having a good year right washington is the best of those teams washington's um, got the best record in the NHL. And nashville's not doing great dude i mean like they're yeah. they're actually below 500 they're Surprising. worse than the sharks yep in terms of standing so um Maybe we'll be catching them at the right time. Although they're always really difficult to play against. We've seen the Jets rise, but we've seen the Avalanche sink. Uh, Avalanche well, the Avalanche are, are riddled with injuries. I yeah. mean, like they've they've just been riddled with injuries. I think that if they can find a way to survive, you know, some of these bad injuries, that they they will bounce back. Because I just I don't like I I don't believe that this Winnipeg streak is a mirage to me. Like I just don't think that that team is that good they've got good skill players some good forwards but defensively like mm-hmm. they, they've lost so many players like on yeah. that back end you know I, I you can't convince me that they're going to be a playoff team when they lost Myers Truba and Bufflin right I just I'm not buying that. yeah right I'm with yeah. you on that so well dude um it's uh well, let's talk about sorry dude let's talk about one more thing sure so oh, oh, uh, quickly, NHL news, the Toronto Maple Leafs fire Babcock. Right? That's right. You know, um, which uh, they were uh, really having on a terrible run. You know, of course, now mm-hmm. that Babcock's gone, they've won two in a row. Right. Uh, terrible run. Uh, Babcock, one of the most respected coaches in the NHL. He had, uh, this is the first time he's ever agent. been fired. Did yeah. you know that? Right. First time he's I believe ever it. been fired. I believe it. Free agent. So... Uh, two two bar question here, dude. First, how long will Babcock be unemployed? Will he be hired by another team before this season is over, a la Boudreaux? I believe so. Okay, so then if you had to guess, which team on the board here will be calling up my Mike Babcock? Who's it going to be? I think it could be the Minnesota Wild. Hmm. <laughs> well, didn't they just? Oh wait. No, it's Boudreaux. Wouldn't that be funny? It would be. I th- I think that's. I think that you know the Wild. They're really not playing well, even though they should be better than they are. But uh, I think the Wild are a candidate. I mean, just looking at purely at the bad teams, um, I don't really see another candidate other than that. Everybody's sort of expecting some of these other teams who aren't playing, aren't doing very well, to be yeah. pretty pretty bad. The Wings, the Sens, the Blue Jackets. The I got Devils. a candidate, dude. You think L.A.? No. They're not going to get rid of McClellan no. this quickly. I got a candidate. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Because, I mean, the the Leafs were on a on a really disappointing run and are, you know, I mean, they're, they're not having a terrible season, but it's disappointing so far. I think the biggest disappointment in the Western Conference has been Calgary. And I don't know how much longer they're going to tolerate it. Yeah. Like, they... Yeah are three and seven they had lost like five in a row i don't know like yeah who's their coach even i don't know <laughs> who is their coach dude I, I don't know if we can find that information dude we can we got to be able to find that information. <laughs> that information is unavailable the at the, at the, we don't even know i don't even know glenn gullitson no no it's not glenn gullitson dude. Let's, this let's, is sad we don't even know who it is i know how do we not know the coach oh, it's uh, bill peters okay so bill peters 
Are you going to can Bill Peters? So he's only been there a season and a third now, right? Yeah. If you can get Babcock now, do you can Peters? I think you got to, right? Right? Yeah. I hope they don't. Right. Right? Because it probably wouldn't be so good for the Sharks. I hope they don't. But I think of any team... Because if you're Mike Babcock, you're not going to go to the Minnesota Wild. I'd rather be a free agent. (laughs) You know? Like, he's not going to go to the Wild or go to some other garbage team. You know? Like, what's the point? He didn't need it. Toronto's got to pay him for three more years. He could sit there and wait for the best job to open. That's absolutely true. Yeah. But... And maybe he might look at Calgary and go, you know what? I don't like... You know, you don't have a good goalie. I'm not interested, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is gonna. I can't fix this. I'm. I'm not interested, right? Anything with Lucic is not for me, right? <laughs> That's right. And maybe he's not interested in that. It's just gonna be interesting. It was funny how Boudreaux was unemployed for like a hot second, right? Before Minnesota jumped right in, and if there is a team. I mean, Tampa Bay hasn't been very good this year. I That's mean, how true. much longer are they going to tolerate John Cooper there? I'm not saying you should blame right. the coach, right? But as we've but talked about many times, when a team's doing badly, the one lever that management has is to can the coach to send the message. And Cooper was at the helm of one of the biggest, most massive playoff disappointments that I can remember. Yes, in my hockey fandom. That's true. You know, where they were clearly the number one team in hockey and they got swept the after AHC. leading the first game right. by three goals. Yes. It's embarrassing. And this year so far, not good. And they've had injury problems too. So it's probably not fair, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can get Babcock... And really stick it to the Leafs, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, I don't understand, like, if you fire your coach, like, how, if Babcock wants to work somewhere else, like, how does that work? I don't right? know. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if you have to, like, get permission from, I, 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 I don't know how that works. I would works. doubt it if they fired him that they would have a say on where he goes next. So, but. anyways, dude, I mean, I sort of find that to be fascinating that's going to be one of those storylines that's going to persist though because i think you know babcock is such a a high uh well-known coach that you're i i think it's impossible that he's going to last till the offseason some other team's going to pull the ripcord like team would do with joel quenville right okay we can get joel quenville just you're fired let's get joel quenville i think there's going to be at least one other team in the league that's going to do that they might reach out to him and say hey would you be interested and then if he says yes, they said, oh, by the way, our coach is fired immediately. Um, because I think, as we saw with Barry Trotz, it can make a huge difference. I mean, who expected the Islanders to be this good? Yeah, no, no, nobody. Nobody at all. I mean, I think that there's the other side to this too, right? Which, you know, as Tottenham Hotspurs fans, we experienced yes. that this week, right? That's right. That, you know, Tottenham, top of the world last year, right? Championships League final, top of European soccer, Coaches rumored to be leaving just for some of the most high-profile clubs in the in the world, right? And then they get off to a crap start in the Premier League. All the players apparently decide that they freaking hate him now. <laughs> yeah, and he gets fired. Right. right, it's unthinkable that this would happen. And they bring in Jose Mourinho, who all the players always love. Like, what do you uh, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know, like, man. but you could see the response in yeah. that first game. 
Tottenham jumped out to a 3-0 league. The players looked like they were having a great time again, yeah, right? Yeah. And now, of course, the Leafs have won two in a row yeah. on the road, you know? And, you know, it, it's, it's a small sample size. But, you know, clearly there was a problem with Babcock in Toronto. Like, they weren't all in mm-hmm. like they were for Trots. They weren't. Yeah. Now... Adam Keefe or whoever this guy Sheldon is. Keefe. Sheldon Keefe. Adam Keefe used to play basketball. He played for Stanford. Adam <laughs> Keefe. Somebody's going to think that's funny. He had red hair. All right. Uh, Keefe, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Keefe or Sutherland. Yeah. Whoever the coach is. You know. Right. It doesn't make me feel great about having them as a pick. Let me just put it this way. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not super stoked to have Toronto right now, I think. Um, Although I think he did bring the Marlies to the... Good. I mean, HL listen, Cup. maybe he'll be, you know, the, it'll be a St. Louis story here. Right. But, um, dude, yeah, interesting. What can we say? It's like, it's an interesting time. There's some teams that really are not as good as we expected. Some teams that are way better than we expected. The sharks started out the season horribly, went on a terrible losing streak. And now they've put together a really nice streak to get back within the playoffs. Bada bing, bada boom. The sharks are almost in the playoffs. Um, and maybe they can, get another four easy points this week. Sure. I mean, they may be a playoff team by Thanksgiving. That's true, dude. I mean, I think uh, in addition to it being a strategy move, I mean, Peter Poor is sort of screaming out or crying out for an upgrade at the 12th forward, right? I mean, like he's just... Um, I don't think he could be any more direct that you know, he's not happy with the forward core. And... I, I'm honestly, I'm glad that they're giving Suomela a shot. Like I think that of the choices, he is the has the most track record, you know, right? And that should get an extended opportunity here mm-hmm. to be part of this team. You know, playing him six minutes a night. I, I mean, I just don't know yeah. how much. I mean, that that doesn't. That also shows that he is the favorite of the you know least favorites you yeah, know yeah but that you know DeBoer would play Tim Heed 10 minutes over Radil yeah tells you a whole hell of a lot that's right about what he thinks about Radil or your Tyken or any of these other guys who've been up and down but I mean the Sharks aren't really in a position to add anybody right you know i mean like they they made that move they added marlo right Mm -hmm. like who's had like two goals in the last 18 games or something yeah i I mean mean, like i mean marlo had two goals the first night and he's had two goals like since so it's not like i mean he is who we thought he was though i mean he wasn't going to come back and like be a 25 goal no it was exactly what we expected but obviously better than I mean, they're playing. I mean, he's doing other things. You yeah, know, I mean, right. better than Bergman, your Tyken, name the list, right? Um, uh, Noah, Noah Gregor. Gregor. Like, that hasn't panned out. The young guys and the forwards, Johnny they, they have not been good or been able to contribute mm-hmm. or even been given a long enough look to see if they are able to contribute. So I don't know how Doug Wilson's going to respond to this, what he can do to right you know make this sort of adjustment i don't know yeah or are we just going to see the 7d 11 forward train no for the well when hurdle comes back i don't think so you know i mean i think when hurdle comes back that will stop right right you know i think if hurdles back tomorrow against the kings then um then he will sit again you know 
um, because that's your 12 forward. And uh, there you have it. Well, dude, I hope the Sharks can keep rolling here. I mean, they've they've found a bit of a winning formula against some really tough teams that the Sharks have had some issues with. So now maybe they can just go and stomp the Kings as they should be doing because the Kings are really, really bad. Yeah. Well, you just hope you hope there's no letdown, right? I mean, like they've been playing so well that they won't look past them, mm-hmm. and they take it seriously. They every point is important to them at this point. They dug themselves such a huge hole, so uh, continue to to chip away. All right, dude, go sharks! Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.